It's time to feel the rage. Welcome to Film Rage, where we talk movies and cinema, streaming and classic films as well. Directors and actors beware as you cannot hide from the rage. My name is Bryce and I'm part of the Film Rage crew, which also includes Jim. Hey there, Jim. Hey, hey, Bryce. Joining as well is Murray. How was your long weekend there going there, Murray? Super fun. <laughs> All right, I'm Murray. So with the introductions out of the way, let's rage on. Well, apparently in this episode of Film Rage, we will be talking really fast for the entire podcast. So Thanks. if you're listening to us at two times or 3.5 speed, you'll be listening to us at like something like 7.5 speed. We're so, reviewing Fast X, baby. Oh, that's right. Thanks all for supporting us. If you love our independent podcast, please like, subscribe, share, and give us a five-star rating on your listening platform or support us and join the Film Rage community by joining our membership at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Film Rage YYC. If you cannot commit to a membership, you can still buy us a, a movie rental and dare to see a terrible film. And you know what? We'll watch it. It'll play it anywhere in the movies, in the world, anywhere in the cinema. So, uh, um, yeah, so uh, now I want you to do that. Now uh, let's get to raging. But um, uh, here's first uh, listen to our sponsors because they're going to tell you some cool stuff and go see them because they're awesome. Okay. Hey, Bryce, what are you doing tonight? I'm going to my favorite cinema, Canyon Meadow Cinema, to see the best second run movies at the best price. What? How inexpensive are they? Regular price is five bucks, five bucks. Regular price is five bucks, five bucks. Makes me hope they also serve pizza. They do, plus a lot of other great food choices. Plus, I'm planning my office Christmas party there. They can host a plethora of options for any get-together. Gaming, movie, drag show? Drag show? Now I know where I'm planning my next party. Hey, maybe you think there's a, a Liam Neeson or a superhero movie plan? Ugh, I hope not. But uh, maybe there'll be a great independent documentary. Sure. Call CMC at 403-670-5444 to book a special event or go online at canyonmeadowscinemas.ca. You know one thing that was missing... Well, actually, it wasn't missing. One of the movies we got to see dancing in. So it was, it's all good. I was going to say, we didn't get to see any dancing in any movies this week, but there was dancing. There's dancing. Yeah, I know. There's, there's always dancing. I know. You know what? There's just always... If you see... If you go through a week of not seeing dancing, it's just not a good week. Unfortunately, we go to the films and there's always some dancing in it. That's not unfortunate. That's fortunate. No, I said fortunately. Yeah, fortunately, fortunate. I did not say unfortunate. Oh, it almost sounded like it. Maybe it's no, Murray's heavy breathing that Maybe. made me think it. But uh, yeah, so we went. We did go and see something fast. We did. Fast X. X. Fast X continues the legacy of the franchise that will not die. It opens with a family picnic where we get Dom preaching the importance of family and how family has to stick together and how you can always count on family. And then he says family about a thousand more times. And then we get some elaborate scheme that frames the team as terrorists and some supremely goofy action. And I am hating life at this point. There are too many characters to keep track of. John Cena is completely wasted in this, although he has some reasonably entertaining scenes as he is still John Cena, so entertainment is inevitable, no matter how bad the movie is. The movie wants to be... It wants to so badly make every character important, but with a cast of thousands, that is just not possible. Hold your hold up just for a second. I just need to add in because I want to emphasize your point here. Yes. By saying 
And you know what they do to emphasize that? They do a sidebar with somebody to show how important oh, they are so in the family. Everybody's in the family. There is Dom and Letty and Roman and Tej and Ramsey and Mia and Jacob and Dex Deckard and Han and Cypher family. and Tess. And they all almost equal in important. Well, Cypher isn't family. family, but neither is Tess really. Family. <sighs> They're all equal in importance, which waters down the whole thing. So we have action that annoyed me with obvious CGI instead of actual car stunts and a crowded script that was frustrating, plus an opening sequence that had me wishing for the closing credits. But we also had Dante Reyes, played by Jason Momoa. The char this character alone made this the best of the Fast franchise. Watching Momoa do his best Joker impression was a delight and was a fitting supervillain for this series that has morphed into a superhero franchise. Dante, just like the Joker, just wants to watch the world burn. He is the most interesting character ever put into a Fast movie. And he alone makes this dumpster fire of a movie watchable. Plus, John Cena is always entertaining. So after nine straight rages, the latest entry in this horrible franchise, Fast X, is meh. What? It's a superhero movie, so it's meh. <laughs> what? Okay. What? I like Momoa. I like Momoa. I like Cena. I like Cena. And, uh, you know, it's good. You're mentally ill. I'm it's sorry. it's 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 bloody awful. But you can't. Yes, no, I can. No, you no. Yes, you, you can't. This was you actually can't, one of the it's most bloody awful. This is one of the then, more interesting characters that I've seen in a film this year. Yeah, I agree. Unfortunately, he was surrounded by everything else. But still, that doesn't make the movie. Where you're supposed to be rating the movie, not Jason Momoa's acting in that movie. I'm rating the movie. I'm rating the how I feel about the movie. When I'm when I'm done watching it, I could sit here and pick it apart for days. And well, okay, well take, then it would take let, days to pick. Let, this apart. let me start then right. by picking it apart. Yes, I believe I said this after Fast Nine. This franchise was terrible from the very first movie Agreed. and got progressively worse after each film. Yes, with Nine being so unbelievably bad. I never thought they would make another one. And I mean, after all, they went to space. Yes. And unless they landed on the moon in this one, I'm not sure, you know, where they go next once you've been to space. But you of course, out. you could go back to space like they did in this one. But apparently, when you get to 10 in a franchise, and I don't know how many franchises have ever made it to 10, you start Jason over. Jason X, baby. Ah, there you go. You start over from the beginning. He went to space in 10. <laughs> there you go. Well, they, 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 got were, their, they were, they were, were, they were ahead. They were ahead of the game. They were ahead of Jason. So, But apparently, <laughs> once you get to 10, you start over. And we'll get to that in a little bit. Yes. As far as the physics go, this was a 10 out of 10 on the ridiculous gauge. Yes. But it was also a 10 out of 10 on the time travel gauge. 
flashbacks, cameo appearances, lack of common sense, or pretty much any gauge that would normally qualify as anything logical or actually good in a movie. Agreed. It was 10 out of 10 for ridiculousness. Yes. For example, how about why they didn't kill Charlize Theron when they had the chance multiple times or they had multiple times and chances to kill Aquaman. Sorry, I mean, movie Aquaman as opposed to TV Aquaman, which Murray can tell us about in a little bit. I will. The level of ludicrousness of this characters that show up for no reason or for any good reason is also off the chart. And speaking of ludicrous, he, as always, was awesome. But as I mentioned at the beginning of this journey, I'm taking you now on, it did start over because this was by far the absolute best film in this franchise. Yes. And the main reasons for that are as follows, which you've already mentioned a couple. Number one, John Cena. And yes. we will talk about him a little later. Pete Davidson and oh, his yeah. marvelous muffins. I forgot. And how much Jason Momoa was having so much fun oh. being this evil, evil supervillain. It was infectious. See what I did there? I did. I said supervillain. Yes. These movies have no redeeming qualities whatsoever for the most part. But after seeing the 10th one, I am finally trying to find some things in them that make me not want to murder every single person around me while I'm watching them or when I'm in the cinema and not want to murder everybody because of the levels of rage that it, they usually take me to. You and me both, mister. Now, I unpacked the three good things in this movie. Now let's unpack a small amount, and I mean a very small portion, of the amount of awful. Number one, the giant ball, and everything about it, science defyingness. How often these superheroes kill so many people with their ridiculous antics. Why did Vin Diesel go to an underground raceway when he was on his way to meet his brother? Why was Rita Morano in this? Now. Why she? <laughs> She's like, a god. It it makes no it makes no sense. Now that we have Fast and Furious crew, our superheroes, well, they have every superhero that's ever been in a superhero movie in their next movie, maybe because they almost did it in this one. Why, <laughs> when they knew they were being trapped in Rome, would they not make a little bit of extra effort to hide their kid, especially after Charlize Theron's found their place so easily? Ah, Why are they so stupid they in these movies? Every single time. Or why they get stupider. It doesn't matter. The point is, they know they're being trapped, so they know that people are following them, and yet they're like, oh yeah, we'll just leave our kid, whatever. Like, who cares? Because John Cena was coming to protect them. They did not at that point. You're like jumped ahead, like probably twenty. I don't know. This movie was eight hours. You mean long. he showed up while they were trying to take him? Yeah, I know. Um, or how about the little kid's superhero hero skill of flying? That was and awesome. I'm and I am just guessing here, but I'm sure. <laughs> That's how he will save him and his dad in the next movie. And how responsible is it for parents to allow their kids to drive at seven years old and destroy public property by tearing up parking lots with donuts when perfectly good city employees spent hours of city dollars painting lines in parking lots only to have the use of municipal funds 
to have to repave and repaint them. If you ask me, they are the true villains in this movie. Momo was actually just one of the guys just trying to avenge his poor dad's legacy against truly evil doers, training their kids to be vandals. So yeah, this movie's awful. It's a rage. I love three things in it, which took maybe 10 minutes of the movie. Not the entire movie, just about 10 minutes of a three-hour movie. So if you divide that, it's it's probably what it's probably it's the highest level of rage because there was three things in it that I actually enjoyed. I'm not I'm not going to say something like, "Oh, Jason Momoa was so fantastic, so this movie didn't make the r- entire rest in the entire movie itself, which was awful." So uh, yeah, it's okay. No, this is a rage. You know, Jason Momoa not only was fantastic, but his character was. This was the first time they actually wrote a character, and it wasn't just a. It, they, they did good. Yeah, for a Kudos. character. One character. Meh. There's the whole rest of the movie. That was. I mean, don't get me wrong. I hated every single time Vin Diesel was on Open screen. And how <laughs> they had to always stop and rude. have him posing with his sad, pouty face every five minutes when anything happened. This was terrible. This movie is just like every other. It just is the least amount of terrible yes. that this franchise is. And just by no means, people, me. like, I don't know what happened to Bryce's brain this week. I, I don't care how much he enjoyed Jason Momoa, who he is very fabulous in this. Yes. He's he's fast. The scene where he's, he's talking to his, his two dead friends. Yeah, oh, that, so was, good. that was good. That when was, he was, that he was, was painting toes. But that's like that's toes. like two minutes of the movie. It was great. So if they can just edit out the 10 minutes of Pete Davidson, Jason Momoa, and John Cena, then that, that would be a good movie. That was such a good T-shirt that John Cena wore. Yeah, Marie, that's right. Marie fell in love with I that. I had gas. That's awesome. I want one of those. Marie's, that's what Marie's getting for Christmas this year. There you go. All right, Marie, what'd you think of this shithole of a Fast and Furious <laughs> franchise crap fest? Well, I have a slightly different take on it, though. What? We'll get to the same place as you guys. Well, you're um, gonna. It's gonna be one of us. I can't see you yeah. giving this a mondo. <laughs> uh, I, apart from the last movie, I made a point of staying away from Fast and Furious movies. You're so. Lucky. This is coming from someone who likes fast cars. I grew up with Smoking the Bandit, Ugh. Dukes of Hazard. Like, Ugh. if there was a fast car, Night Rider. If there was a fast oh. car, I loved it. Oh. But this, this franchise, I'm like, yeah, it just ruined everything I loved about fast cars. <laughs> Um, I like Fast Car by Tracy Chapman. Yeah, me too. That's an excellent song. I believe I'm speaking here. <laughs> it's true. Yes. Now, first off, yes. unlike you two. Unlike us, yes. I happen to love Charlize Theron. Okay. I did not see the one she was in. Don't care. I know she was a bad She's bad been in guy. a few of them. Well, anyway, I know she's supposed to be the bad guy. Whatever. Uh, I liked it that she didn't like, unlike John Cena, who was a bad guy in one of them. And now all of a sudden he's part of the family. Well, she's yeah. part of the family actually, now too. He actually is blood. Yeah, but yeah. he hated Dominic more than anybody. No, they just had the a, end of the movie, uh, they're all sibling rivalry. Again. Sibling rivalry. Anyway, but she stayed true to her out. bad self, which I liked. And I have to say, one of the things I loved about it was the chick fight. I loved to watch her kick ass. I guess no punching dicks this time, but some of them did. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it was awesome. And they did it right in the middle of like the worst possible time. Like they're trying to escape from this hidden fortress in the in the in the ice 
And oh yeah, we had four minutes. Yeah, yeah just we had, enough had time. a few minutes. Just, yeah, just enough, enough time. time to kick some dicks, or sorry, kick some bush. Anyway, that, I love that part. And yeah, John Cena was hilarious. Uh, again, I'm still confused about how all of a sudden he's nice because he wasn't in like the five minutes of the one that I saw him. You didn't watch in. the last one then, obviously. As always. Um, I also enjoyed the two black guys in their group, Ludacris and Tyrese Gibson. Yeah. Uh, when they actually had a fight in the middle of Pete Davidson's shop, bitch slapping. It was each basically other. it was a slap fight because <laughs> they were so bad at it. When you compare it to the the fight between Michelle Rodriguez and Charlize Theron, it was laughable how bad they it were. It was at funny. It. And yeah, Pete Davidson and his muffins. Much as I don't like Pete Davidson, he was funny. <sighs> I love enough. Pete Davidson. And he was in it just enough that didn't annoy me. Um. Yeah, and as you mentioned, there are a few superheroes in this movie. <laughs> a few? There were not one, but two Aquamans in this film. See, I did hint at that. You what? did? Yeah. Jason Momoa, who obviously is the big screen version. Yep. Okay. Uh, Alan Richson, who played Arthur, a.k.a. Aquaman, in the Smallville series. Uh, he's only in like so two, they had two he Aquaman. In, he was in like two episodes, but he was an Aquaman uh, without the costume. So uh, I just found it hilarious that the two of them were in the movie together. And they're both bad. And well, not to give away spoilers, but yeah. And they may possibly be lovers too. I don't know. Oh yeah, it could be. Can't really I can't really say. It just Momoa's character you know what? was very flamboyant. Yeah. Not saying he was gay. Yeah. But definitely there was leanings. So, and according yeah, to the movie, I think it was a little non binary a bit. These, yeah. these two characters apparently knew each other for a long time. So, who knows? They might have been at some yeah. point. But Hopefully, in the next one, so there's yeah, a two there's a love. That's one. Making out. That would be good. And we also have in this movie, superheroes, Gal Gadot. Gadot, whatever. Wonder Woman. Yeah. Gal Gadot. John Cena. And Peacemaker. Peacemaker. Yeah. Peacemaker. Helen Mirren, who was a, turned out to be a superhero. Yeah. Uh, Hespera. That's right. Yeah. yeah. See, every, that's what I said. Every single superhero is going to be in the next one. And those of oh, us. Oh, and you forgot the, the, Mrs. I'm not Marvel. Done. Oh. And, the, the, and those of us who stayed for the end credit scene, Jim, there was Dwayne The Rock. Black who Adam. Of is Black Adam. And Brie Larson, who is Captain Marvel. That's right. Mm. So yeah, there was like so many superheroes, and they might as in well this superhero, superhero movie. It was a superhero. superhero movie. It pretty much yeah. was. It is. I mean, there's um, no. You don't. It's like you just imagine physics, and then they just draw it with CGI, and the physics exactly. happens. Uh, so yeah, there was. Uh, that was pretty much mostly what I liked about the movie. Um, Dominic Toretto is a moron. Yeah. The whole movie, I basically watched him walk into every single trap. Mm-hmm. Like either, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, Momoa's character is like a, some kind of super genius. Yep. Or Toretto is just an idiot. He doesn't have to because he's always got his family back. And yeah, but he didn't because he basically... The they always showed up. Trying family. to kill them. Family always showed it's up. Always but no, family. like everywhere he went trying to, trying to track down Momoa's character, he kept falling into his traps. Like, oh my God, you're such an idiot. He is an idiot. Just brought his family closer together. <laughs> sure. Um, and yeah, there was a quote in the movie. I can't remember who said it. I think it might have been the... the uh, agent- TV Aquaman? No, it was the, oh. yeah, yeah, the TV guy. The, <laughs> the agency guy. Oh, yeah. They're talking about, yeah, this team in 2001 started as an illegal street racers. And over the years... Look at them now. If it, it They're superheroes. If it could be done in a car, they did it. 
And if it went against the laws of gravity, they also did it. Yes. Which pretty much sums up the whole franchise. Yeah. And I'll leave you with one quote, which I love from somebody else's review. They're basically flogging a dead horse. Yes. Uh, so yeah, as much as how bad this movie is, uh, and yeah, it absolutely ridiculous. A lot of the, the stunt scenes were, and yeah, flying kid, like come on, he's like eight years old and he fly, he'd be flying in the air from one Whee! car to the other. Like okay then, um, yeah, this this was a man. What? There you go. I didn't hate it. Oh my god. Plus, you and I laughed a lot while we were watching it, so that's the important thing. I, I laughed. I did laugh at how bad it was. And I seriously threw my hands up like every five minutes, like what? What? Yeah. Yes. How do they do that? <laughs> Murray forgot about the physics. Then you got the flaming rollerball. Yeah, level <laughs> almost leveled the bad Vatican. Yeah. So. There, there's so many great physics shots in that yeah, too. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, it's you're, me. You're yeah. dumb. Although I have a feeling a lot of people are going to agree with the two of you. Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, you know, I, I think what's happened is after nine of these, the, 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 the fast franchise has finally broken me and I go in expecting so little. Yeah. And they actually gave me something this they time. Did, they, yeah. You know what? They did give us something, but and it wasn't was like, enough to you know make what? it mad for me. Yeah, it was. It was because yeah. I, I really enjoyed like portions of this movie to yeah the i enjoyed about 12 minutes maybe max 12 Which, minutes enough enough to make it math yeah, see, yeah. Nah, i would, I would say i enjoyed of, more than 12 minutes i, I enjoyed about yeah. 20 25 minutes of yeah. I'm, I'm, i like to enjoy I'm, a whole and, movie and the good i'm approaching is, an hour the good news is Ugh. nearly every character was in peril at the end of the movie so there's going to be two more of these yeah okay can you explain one thing yes what's the i guess it's just for the next movie but what the bleepity blank was Jason Statham even in there for? They went for to his place. They had a little shootout. They left his place. I nothing. No, no, nothing he, was he connected. So you, you know what I think. Left. You know what I actually think There's it nothing is nothing connected to anything. Because you know what they they started that Hobbs and Shaw franchise. I know. They so did. they probably set that up for the Hobbs and Shaw. Well, that's franchise. what I'm saying. The only yeah. point, obviously, I get like that should have been an end credit thing though. Like yeah, they yeah. put him in the movie. Yeah, yeah. And it made no sense. Yes, because like, but I, I bet why, you maybe they, they show went, up and save Why the did they go ass. to his place? Like I'm still trying to figure out. Oh, we. I don't want to. Well, do because this. they were going to get I'm weapons. I don't want to do this. I don't want to go again. What I love is is the agency guys basically drove a freaking tank through through the wall and got in. Was shooting at him. Meanwhile, Toretto's team was still trying to pick the lock outside. There's, there's just there's just too much to keep track of. There <laughs> is. I honestly didn't know how people. No, were. but they went to they went to there because. They they they, they batted it was they, just they, for weapons. They stuff. struck yeah. out yeah they struck out at Pete Davidson's muffin shop right. and then so they went to Statham's because they needed the weapons. Did they, they even get money. out of there with any weapons? Because uh, they had to well, leave they, so quickly. Well, they killed everybody, Statham, so they, yeah, no, they probably left did. Them, so no, Statham got his bag and left. Yeah, yeah, he left without them, so they can just stay behind and take right. whatever they want. I guess. You know what? It, the thing, the important thing to know about this is there's way too many characters. Like we were even yeah. having arguments after the movie, going like, "What was this person?" I don't know. Like there's there's seven thousand characters in this that I, all have to have screen well, time. I, I kept hoping hey. for Momoa to actually kill some of them, but. We don't even know how many of them are actually dead. At the end None of the of them day, are dead, Murray. that's the, the rule of Fast and Furious. At the end of the day, you take one thing out of this: family. Family. It's family. all about it's all family. family. Just like us, the Film Rage family. That's right. That's a perfect transition into the Master Gardener, which is also a movie about family. It's a family episode. Fucking family. All right, so 
Master Gardener. This redemption, revenge, romance, gardening film takes us to places we never thought we'd be able to garden. Um, <laughs> what? And I can film, garden anywhere, uh, just, But not like this. And it also takes its time to develop the story and characters so that we can grow to love them. Or in Sigourney's character's case, not grow to love her. This film has such a weird pace and I'm having a tough time even kind of finding ways to explain the pacing in this film. The interaction with our lead gardener, played by Joel Egerton, was awkward and he had a tone to his voice that was soothing but at the same time unnatural in the way that he communicated yet it seemed to fit his character as the story unfolds we get to see more of what and why that may be especially with his relationship with Sigourney Weaver's character who plays the quote gardener or garden owner slash plantation owner the Film has a lot of inferences to ideas and concepts that make you really feel about the characters as opposed to things actually happening or are said, which is probably why the pacing felt a little unnatural. But I was totally still enjoying the pacing. It was just, it's like a pacing that I hadn't seen before. And I I wasn't, it was throwing me off a little bit, but I was still liking it. The story is one we've kind of seen before with a basic plot of a person in a witness protection who uh, redeems himself but is still reeling from the guilt and it makes then they make positive changes and finds further redemption by using his skills he feels guilty about to help the new love in his life i love the way that they do not give anything concrete in this film the suspense comes from not really knowing what event will have him turning into the equalizer or whether something will change in the plot story as it starts to develop even though watching this film was one of the most excruciatingly uncomfortable viewings because of the sauna that we watched it in and i did look at my watch once but only to see if I would pass out from dehydration before the movie finished. Otherwise, I freaking love this film. And I think it's one of those films that I will actually re-watch because uh, the subtleties of these characters, I was so totally enjoying. And I want to rediscover these characters again. It, I, I really love this film. I thought the pacing was weird, but I really liked it. It was Mondo for me. All right. Yeah. Uh, the master gardener of constant sorrow. Yes. Much is what it was. Man, he was moody. Um, the first hour was all about gardening. Yes. And it very nearly put me to sleep. Mm. What? Every time he opened his mouth, because he started talking about flowers. I know. And his soothing monotone voice. It was yes. So interesting. So soothing. Uh, also didn't help, as Jim mentioned. That we were wilting faster than a hothouse flower in there. <laughs> so oh, it was very uncomfortable. Plus, the seats are not that comfortable to begin with, the theater that we go to. I've long said they're the most uncomfortable seats I've ever been to. Yeah, um, I like them. Yeah, it was... Uh, pacing was very slow. Was it? And yeah, it was. And uh, there was not nearly enough conflict for, for an almost two-hour movie. Um, 
there was some nice chemistry between Joel Edgerton and Quintessa Swindell. Yeah, there yes. was. Um, although I thought it was kind of weird. I mean, basically, first, he's basically sleeping with a woman who's, what, 30 years older than him? Yep. Yep. And then he goes and... But there, see, there are reasons for these then things. It's, yep. then, then he starts uh, doing stuff with a girl who's 15 years younger than him. Yeah, probably 15. Eventually. Yeah. So, yeah, it was kind of a weird transition. Uh, Sigourney Weaver's character as the Lord S of the Manor, or whatever you want to call it, uh, she was, uh, I think she was definitely racist, and she was unapologetic, and I think she pretty much hated her her black niece, which is why she didn't even want to be around her. Like, she gave her a job as an apprentice to to do gardening, just to basically get her out of her hair. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, that was not pleasant to watch. Uh, I also didn't like the end conflict. I mean, these drug dealers are basically had roughed her up, the, the younger one. And yeah, like th- this is a guy who, you know, he has, he has to kill people as a white supremacist. And yeah, these, these were like the lamest drug dealers ever. They weren't worthy to even be in the film. But they needed somebody decent for him to go up against because, I mean, it was over way too way too yeah. soon. But again, I was looking for a little more action. It yeah. Definitely needed... Wasn't... It needed a car chaser, too. That's for no. sure. Um, and yeah, I'll leave you with another quote that I saw online. Uh, what if Taxi Driver sucked and was boring? <laughs> Which pretty much sums up what I thought about this movie. Uh, it wasn't a rage, but it was a low man. It was. It was. I didn't like it. And it was yeah. ri- written by the same guy who wrote Taxi Driver. That's, that's why the quote. Why I quoted. That's it. why he brought it out. But yeah, no, I didn't enjoy it. Plus, yeah, I was hot as hell, and yeah. I, you know that we've talked about that. How your atmosphere in the film can affect your viewing helps, yeah. experience. Yeah. All right, Bracy, what'd you think of of Master Constant Gardener? Master, Constant mastering the gardening. Yeah, master sorrow. Master Gardener is a well-acted, informative, uneven but brilliantly paced bit of cinema. Directed by Paul Schrader, who stunned me recently with the almost perfect card counter, mm-hmm. and the same can be said for First Reformed, mm-hmm. also brilliant, continues here with another tale of people who are seeking redemption in their lives. His films play out in a methodical way that lets you inside their lives while sprinkling breadcrumbs of how they became the person they are now. Schrader is a master of creating memorable characters, and in Narvel Roth, he has succeeded in that again. Joel Edgerton digs deep, and from the depths of his soul, he has pulled out the performance that is Narvel, a quiet, unassuming gardener with a terrifying past. Quintessa Swindell as Maya is good as well, as her scenes with Narvel are wrought with tension and love and anger. She runs the gambit of emotions in this. I was, however, a little confused with one thing that could affect my overall rating. (gasps) This is where I need your help, Jim. All right, let's have it. I need some breadcrumbs here. All right, I'm going to give it to you. Why would RJ and Sissy know about, and it doesn't matter who who these people are to, you know, go see this film. Drug dealer. Then you'll do it. Just stop. Why would RJ, I'm trying not to have too many spoilers. spoilers, And you're sitting here spoiling everything. Trying to spoil it. Why would RJ and Sissy know about Narvel's past Without giving too much away, why would they know to paint swastikas on his place when they vandalized it? Because that bothered me. Because I I have a feeling that one of two things. Okay. Right. So 
they did again this is one of the great things i liked about this film was that they didn't tell you a lot but they inferred things like when he's I at didn't, i didn't see the inference in this yeah case, okay so, so in this case he yes. goes he goes to meet with his handler because yeah. he is in police protection or um what's it called mer witness, witness, witness protection, protection he's yeah. in witness protection so there's a scene near the end where his regular handler is not the person he meets up with right. and at the same time that he's meeting up with him he's also you're seeing a scene of them vandalizing the garden. So the inference there was that the guy who's meeting him is also part of that whole scene and that he's actually part, potentially part of the swastika group, the white, white privilege. So he, it's like he told them about certain things, but also it, because of where it took place, those guys could have also been um in in swastika so the part i know what you're saying about that they did that and how would they know about it so to me it could have happened from one of two things the the guy he met at the diner who was his new handler informed them of that and they went there because as that meeting was happening they were meeting at the other place so that's what i inferred from that meeting because to me that i the whole time i'm watching it i'm going like oh my fuck it's it's the guy, actually. It wasn't them doing that. It was the, him going and killing his handler. And the movie was going to go in a completely different direction. Mm -hmm. So to me, it was it was very suspenseful. And uh, I get it. And it could just be their way of vandalizing because they, you know. So it's to just, me. It, this might have been a coincidence. No, 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 no. I don't think it was a coincidence. No, in my no. opinion, my belief is that the yeah. guy he met in the diner yeah, yeah. was there I, to get I, him. I, I got it. And those, he sent those guys because he connected with them. So. All right. Uh -huh. I think you're giving the, the RJ and his buddy too much credit. Well, well no, no, you're not no, giving no. them any credit. Uh, yeah, they're they're just being they told just, what to do. They were just thugs. I think they're morons. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah morons. exactly. Because it, because they he he intentionally showed that scene where they were vandalizing and he's meeting with the hand, new handler and he felt weird about it and he didn't stay there. Correct. So that's to me why this was such a perfect film. I'm still a little annoyed by that, but I'm trying not to let one little thing wreck a movie if for you, me. If you hard. gave Jason Momoa's performance brought that movie Fast Ten to a yeah, to a yeah, man, yeah. then this by by far needs to say this, the this, way it this is. This movie was this movie was brilliant. The performances were brilliant. Yep. I I'm still I'm hope I'm hoping I'm gonna watch this again someday and, and figure out the gap that I that I that I missed there. And it, it happens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, the, the the impression I'm left with is that this was a brilliant, brilliant movie. This was Mondo. Yeah, good. I'm glad. I'm glad that you could squeeze that out of your little pituitary. Yes. Because to me, yeah, this was yeah. Like what I actually liked about it, Marie. You said you you were hoping to have an equalizer moment. Oh no! And at no point was I ever wanting an equalizer moment. I kind of was. Yeah. When I saw the trailer, I assumed he was. Yeah, I mean, he was a badass. He is. Who, he who is was a, trying to. And reform, you saw that sprinkled somebody, throughout the film. And, and somebody pushed flashbacks. him too far, and he yeah. eventually. But he's not that guy anymore. Yeah, bro. and that's why and he, that's the I, point. That's why he didn't kill them. Also, like yeah. he he said, if you want to kill them, here you go. Here's my yeah. gun. Go at it. Instead, he just maimed them. Right, like it. Yeah, he's he's, he's truly redeemed. He's no longer yep. onto drugs. He wants to be a better person, and it's a it's a good redemption movie. He's a master gardener, Mer. Sure. He's a master gardener, and you know what? That movie was all about family. Yes.
family. The family episode by Film Rage. Bryce. Jim. Yes. I love to love you, baby. Ooh. Did you watch the Donna Summer documentary? Get into that. Oh! Did I just pick that out of nowhere? Uh, Well, no, I I did that intentionally. Yeah. Uh, On Saturday night, I was in the mood for love. Simply because I'm near you? It was not all right for fighting, as Elton John is fond of saying. Luckily, there was not one, but two music on film features for me to check out. What? Back to back. The first entree was the HBO documentary, Love to Love You, Donna Summer. Yes. That's right. The queen of disco herself. Yes, Donna Summer. Uh, Now, I've never been a fan of disco music, despite my love of a certain Swedish supergroup. Yes. Uh, What surprised me the most was how many of Summer's hits I actually knew. Mm. Despite the fact that I was but a child when she had her biggest success. In fact, I didn't discover any other music other than country uh, until I was uh, in junior high. And of course, that was uh, when the King of Pop and a certain platinum-haired band from Canada rocked my world. Mm. Uh, I found myself humming and singing during the entire film. Nice. Even as I heard how tough her life really was. Abusive boyfriends, some horrible childhood incident with the minister at her church, having to be away from her children for months at a time, greedy record companies. Yeah. Even her fan base turned against her because of a comment she made after she found God about male-male relationships that the pissed off gay people who was her fan base. Yeah. Um, through it all, she remained strong and put out hits up until the end when lung cancer finally took her. As soon as I was done drying the tears from my eyes, the end credits rolled and offered a look at her goofier side with a bunch of bloopers from her video shoots. Nice. This film was a mondo. Mm. It's on Crave for those of you in Canada and want to check it out. That means we'd probably be on HBO or Hulu. In the States. Yeah, HBO in the States, but Crave in Canada. Uh, I also didn't realize that one of my favorite Weird Al songs was a parody of her hit song. What? That song was Jurassic Park, his best album ever. Ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Jurassic Park is frightening in the dark. (laughs) The dinosaurs are running wild. Someone shot... Shut the fence off in the rain. I admit it's kind of eerie, but this proves my chaos theory. I don't think I'll be coming back again. Sing it, brother. Oh, (laughs) no. You know what? This is film rage history here. The first time we've ever had the Murr sing on the podcast. I cannot help it. I love it, brother. I love that song. I didn't know I was her original song. There you go. Uh, Second film, which I'll talk briefly about. It's one that you both decided you didn't want to see. Oh. Proving once again that even oh. Bryce gets to be picky about this films one. he wants to Ugh. see in cinemas. What? That film is Whitney Houston, I Want to Dance. I would have gone to it willingly. Don't yeah, lump me into that. that. <laughs> All I know is it wasn't on our list. It wasn't on our list. It wasn't on our list. Not, not because I nixed it, Jim. It's true, I'm evil. 
Uh, yes, this was not a documentary. Nope. And I'm sure at least half of it was fabricated. Yes. Uh, for me, Whitney was the Donna Summer of my generation. There you go. As a shy teenager in the 80s, there were many of her songs at the school dances that I worked up the courage <gasps> to ask a pretty girl to dance to. Did you do some finger banging? Junior high, no. Uh, that's, since, that's where I learned to finger bang. Since <laughs> most of the hockey jocks... That's finger bang central. <laughs> not for me. Since most of the hockey jocks that ran my school were too cool to dance, the girls usually said yes. Nice. So thanks for that, Whitney Houston. Um, I actually thought that British actress Naomi Aki did a fantastic job in channeling Whitney. Because mm. she had to wear dentures to cover up a gap in her teeth and speak with a British American accent. True, she didn't do much of the singing. But how are you going to do better than Whitney's actual voice? Nope. Not everybody is Jennifer Hudson, after all. Exactly. Uh, as musical films go, it was decent. I think I would have enjoyed seeing it in a movie theater. It was a spirit-lifting man. Well, there you go. That's all I got. Yeah, I would have hated it. So I, I want to see the documentary instead. I'll probably watch it eventually. Ugh, I'll watch the Donna Summer one because it's a doc. It is. I watch everything. Sure you do. I do. Temperature rising. Vision blurring. Rage taking over. My rage is motherfucking Cineplex. And one of our regularly frequented cinemas. We just sat through um, the, the constant, the constant, constant MasterCard. MasterCard. Master now you're doing it. And it was and, almost two hours long. And it was almost two hours long. And it was literally like a sauna. All of us were, were half yeah. naked. We were down to our underwear. Once I got I had, down to my skivvies, I yeah, was fine. Yeah, I mean, once we had all our clothes off, I, you know. And, and so in contrast to that, and I'm, getting, I'm pointing out the difference between two cinema chains that we have in Canada. And so for those of you who listen to us in Indonesia, you can maybe let us know if you have two chains that are battling against each other. Cineplex is the big one. Here's a complete difference between the two cinema chains and how they treat their clients. We go to Cineplex... It's a sauna. I even went and told them before the movie started. And keep in mind, this movie, Master Gardener, is only playing at one cinema in our city. So we had to see it there. And it was only playing in the cinema that the heat was on. In, and it, the air conditioning was not on. And they said, okay, well, I'll go tell the manager and we'll get that fixed. So we go back in and start to watch it. And of course... Air conditioning did not come on and the heat continued to go up. So after the movie, I approached one of the people that worked there and I said, hey, uh, is you going to do anything for us for having to sit through that sauna? Well, if you would have left uh, within 30 minutes of the movie started, we would have given your money back. And I'm like, you guys are the only people playing this movie and you guys told us you were going to fix it. 
So we kept waiting for the air conditioning to turn on. How are we supposed to know it wasn't going to come on? You didn't come and communicate us. In contrast to that, Bryce and I have gone to Landmark Cinemas, which is the second largest Smaller chain in Canada. And we've left movies of there where the, where the heat wasn't on. Again, usually walking out in just our underpants. And... They will hand us a... They, as we're walking out, here you go. We're sorry that this happened to you. Take a free movie and go see Fast and the Furious 10 or something else that's terrible. Don't have to ask. Don't have to complain. Yeah, just no like, complaining. We're sorry. They they show the care for the clients, and uh, and there it, there it is. And actually, it's happened to us at, uh, at our absolute favorite cinema, who's also our sponsor, Canyon Meadow Cinemas, has given us free stuff. So... Yeah, my rage, Cineplex, get your shit together. No wonder people are not going to that particular cinema. It's because, obviously, the people that work there are dicks. That's my rage. All right, then. I've drank in two liters of water just to get my hydration back. rage this week is a repeat i am sure of past rages guy richie's the covenant never came out in theaters in my Ah. fair city so i had to watch it on vod i want to watch films as they were intended to be seen in a movie theater that is my rage and if any movie ever deserved to be seen on a big screen it is this film now don't get me wrong i've got a pretty big screen that i watched it on i had some pretty good sound as well yep but it's not the same i want to watch movies in a theater so i'm hearing the most important thing and what is with guy Ritchie having two releases in the last six months i think yeah but neither of them came out in cinema what is going on wasn't the last one mondo and then the, this the one, one, the one before the lot. No, the last one was not good. The oh. operation, whatever the heck it Underpants was called. Or I think so. Operation Underpants starring Jason Statham <laughs> directed by Guy Ritchie. Oh, I like that one. Yeah, it was not good. The one before it, the I think the gentleman was yeah, that the one yeah, before yeah, yeah. it? It was Mondo. We saw that it in was cinema. great. No, I did too. Saw it in cinema. Then the last two Guy Ritchie movies, neither of them got to the theater. But and this, this last one was really, really good. So it was Mondo, as you were saying. Yeah. Okay, good. I'll be wa- I'll be watching it on VOD also then. Yeah. Jake, Thank you for letting me Jake know it's Jake Hall. Jakey. Jakey. Nice. Rage subsiding. Pulse slowing. Anger fading. That's the list, baby. So for those of you who have not heard our podcast before, this is our segment where we talk about actors and directors and ultimately where some of our rage comes from. We have four different categories. You can check out our website, filmrageyyc.com and check out the lists page where we have the doubted, undoubted, mesmerizing and repulsive. So, um, we had created a very large list of mesmerizing and we've been trying to get people off because ultimately the rule is that if you're mesmerizing, you're mesmerizing all 
the time. In every single movie, doesn't matter how good the movie is, you will be mesmerizing. And we made a few rules surrounding this because it hasn't been fair for some of the people that we have removed in the past that they have to be in the film at least five minutes to be able to have given themselves enough time to be able to prove that they're mesmerizing. And in last week, Murr has got us to watch the movie Sea of Love. Do you remember when we met? That's the day I knew you were my pet. I won't tell you. Oh, how much I love you. So we had... You hear that song 56 times in yeah, the movie. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It was probably the movie that made me start hating Al Pacino. But it didn't have the other guy that I mix up with Al Pacino in it. So that was good. Remember him? You mixed someone up with Andy Garcia. Andy Garcia. Remember when I can't... They mixed them both up because they both annoy me now? So, no, but it had the mesmerizing Richard Jenkins versus the mesmerizing John Goodman. It did. Except... Oh. Richard Jenkins was not in it for five minutes. He was in it for four minutes and 40 seconds. So, good for him. He gets a pass. Does that mean John Goodman didn't go against each anybody? And well, like, here's here's one of the things that I'm thinking we should maybe because John Goodman was really awful in that he movie. Was, he was really awful in it, as was the movie really awful. Yes. But you know who was in it? Who's that? That was absolutely mesmerizing. I think I know. Is Michael Rooker? Yes. And I my well, so it's a two part proposition here. Oh, why, don't we just, why don't we is, just have a Michael Rooker versus John Goodman mesmerized that, that's off? Exactly gets in. That's, that's exactly what I was thinking. So I'm putting forward Michael Rooker as mesmerizing. All right. And since we just watched him go against John Goodman. Wait, we all got to go to vote. <laughs> I, I vote yes. Because anything yes. I see him in, sure. he's absolutely mesmerizing. All right. And when you when I go back and I rewatch the Guardians... Franchise? Oh, even in Yondo, he yeah. was he was Absolutely. he was beyond mesmerizing of anybody yeah. that was Till in they that. Killed him off. Till they killed him off. So yeah, okay, thank God, Michael Rooker's now on the mesmerizing list. Well, that's if he can beat out John Goodman and because <laughs> we already know that John Goodman was terrible. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, John Goodman, you are no longer mesmerizing. Sorry, dude. Because Michael Rooker just totally kicked your ass, and we just. We just gave Murray a whole new assignment to find out movies yeah, with Michael Rooker in it. Cut my list in half. Because <laughs> John Goodman's like in a every dozen movie. things that John Goodman was in. <laughs> All right. But now you've got Michael Rooker to look into. Yeah. Nice. And he was truly mesmerizing oh, in this yeah. film. He's he was always so good. So he's so an good. underrated actor for yeah. many, many years. Yeah, you As know, I say, he still haunts me at night with his performance in Henry Pocket oh, of a Serial Killer. Yeah, it's just like... If anyone hasn't seen that oh, movie, man. he is just amazingly brilliant. Yeah, that is a creepy movie. So man. we're back to where we started. We had the same people on. But Richard Jenkins is safe to live another day. That's That makes me happy, actually. Kind of happy, too, actually. Because... I don't think I've ever seen him be that, you know, well, meh. I'll have to try harder then. <laughs> Wook harder. All right. So the other thing that uh, Bracey Pants was supposed to be doing, you were supposed to be watching some movies. I got one more Kelly Reichardt movie in the in in the whole, in the can in the can. Yeah. So and I what think, did you I see? I'll have a couple more to go to to make her truly. I saw 
Old Joy. Yes, and it wasn't that. It wasn't just Old Joy. It was Fantastic Joy that film. Yeah, wasn't it? it was really, really good. And there was a lot of walking, which was so much walking. You know what? I think that's a, a Kelly Reichart signature. It is. It's, is, it's is like walking. I swear to God, she's making movies for me. Every time I watch, I was like. Kelly, did you make this for me? <laughs> Apparently, she did. Yeah, it was Mondo. She's still safe. I, I, I and I the two to, that are left I, are absolutely Mondo. Like, what I need are the to rewatch the one that I gave a Mac because I'm thinking I, I must be wrong. You must be wrong because <laughs> she hasn't. Yeah, well, it was it was probably her most. Yeah. Um, By the budget. way, on 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 the subject of Kelly Reichardt, she does have the one movie that's only like 48 minutes long. I don't think that movie should count. Why not? It's a but, movie. But she said it's only 48 minutes. It's got to be more than 48 minutes. That's a short, man. Didn't list it as a, a short. It's a long short. I don't care if it lists it as short. She's still got eight movies, though, if you take that one out. Yeah, well, I don't know what you're talking about. I listed the eight movies that she did that were features. She's got, she's got, she got eight movies. Well, they, they, they consider it a feature, but it's not. It's 48 minutes long. Oh, okay. So she still has eight? But I think she still has eight. If you go from her first film... Yeah. All the way up to her last film. Yeah. Which was brilliant, showing up. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's still got eight, I believe. Good. Well, there you go. So, so we're good. So hurry up, dude. I want yeah. to have her There's on. There's only so many hours in the day. I'm trying to. Oh, yeah. All kinds I'm of time. To do to all, I got watch so much Guy Ritchie movies who's not. Who's you not. Know, we're not putting up for anything. You know, we, we got time to watch another yeah, fucking Guy Ritchie movie. I'm not making any money off this podcast, so I need to, you know, go to my job and do stuff. Yeah, like yeah. That. So replace your stupid Guy Ritchie movie with uh, that you didn't that you gave him Matt, and you could have watched another Kelly Reichardt movie. Yeah, well, haven't that you not been us? waiting to see Kelly Reichardt's two movies you haven't seen yet that you forgot you hadn't seen? Yeah. Well, there you go. Quit watching other shit and get focused on the important stuff. It's, Getting Kelly Reichert on our <laughs> undoubted list. All right. Kooky puppy. All right, Demur. What's we got for next week? All right. Well, you guys love Richard Jenkins so much. It's true. We do. How about another one? Sure. Yep. I've got two, although I haven't seen either one, so I don't know well, how much he's actually in. But let's go with... You know what? If we get to see Richard Jenkins, I'm okay. Philip Seymour Hoffman, who is also on here about a dozen times. Yep. Richard Jenkins, Mm -hmm. movie called God's Pocket. What? It's on their list. God's Pocket. I'm liking this. I've never seen it. I'm positive that I've seen it, but I don't remember it off the top of my head. All right. Well, if we can find it, we'll be watching God's Pocket. Hmm. Perfect. All right, well, that's enough for the list. Oh, wait. There's one more thing I did want to put forward for the list this week. Mm. I want to make us get add another person. I want to put John Cena forward as mesmerizing. Because everything he's in, everybody else could be just disappearing as far as I'm concerned. Now, has he been in enough movies... Well, to qualify to be mesmerizing, oh, yeah, he's been in enough movies, but he's been in some. I mean, if he ever, if for some reason somebody ends up in one of those, you know, that movie where he's like a firefighter or something, I mean, then all of a sudden, yeah, well, oh, he probably was still more mesmerizing than absolutely. I think he was in that with John Leguizamo. You know who I'm hoping he's up against? I could be wrong. It's Dwayne The Rock, because in all honesty, I'm going to make an argument that he's also... They will be at some point. I think they actually hate each other, but I'm just saying. What? 
Yeah. Money talks, man. Money yeah, talks. That's true. I never, yeah, Dwayne The Rock was. In, he, I actually read an article in 2021. He said he's never going to be in another Fast and Furious movie. Oh, mm. oh really? Yeah. And, and now he is. is. There you go. Yep. All right. I'm sorry. What was the question? Uh, can we please put John Cena on as mesmerizing? Oh, good. Let's add more to the mesmerized list. Uh, yeah, I guess. Okay. Yeah, Murray, he is. What's your vote? I don't know. He's okay. He's just okay? So that, that doesn't make him mesmerizing. I'm not crazy about his Peacemaker character, but I mean... But that, is that, he mesmerizing as Peacekeeper? Uh, yeah, Peacekeeper. he's very funny. Like Peacekeeper. Peacemaker? I'm Maker. I, I'm, I'm Peace something. Peace. Peace, dude. Uh, okay. What is he called? Do you want to list the last eight Peace movies he was in? No, no, we don't need to. We, we know we've seen them. What is it? Yeah. Peacemaker? You know, Keeper? You know, you know one of them was <laughs> Doolittle, right? Yes, the movie was terrible, but he's mesmerizing. Peacekeeper. Fighting with my family. <laughs> yes, it's no peacemaker. Bumblebee, a Transformers movie. Yes, he's also mesmerizing in that. Like it doesn't matter what he's in, he's mesmerizing. Daddy's home. And Daddy's yes, home. he was absolutely he was mesmerizing a, yeah. in that. It's terrible, but he was he's, mesmerizing. He's, you can't keep your eyes off him. He's just too good to be true. Like if you could just take the clips from I him out of those movies and string them together, I'm watching those all day you. long. Yeah, yeah, that's so what? The point. That's not the point. It no, it's no, not. That's for the undoubted. This, this is he just is mesmerizing <laughs> him. Whenever he's on yeah, screen, nothing you to love do with what he's in. You love him. And it, 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 you have to answer that. When you see him on screen, is he mesmerizing to you? I have to say no. There right. we go. Well, then, then he doesn't make it. That's all. That's how it was. It was that easy. It bro. was that simple, Schmimple. Well, that was exciting, but you know he's still mesmerizing in my heart and mine. All right, that's it for this week for the lists. <laughs> the fates have spoken. The sheer torture of High School Musical 3 and Love Again should have made Bryce aware that he is fated, that he will always be the one the universe chooses to torture. Call it fate, call it karma, or call it Satan himself. Whatever you choose, but it has chosen Bryce to have to see Book Club, the next chapter, in cinemas. With his own money! <laughs> this week, Face Sponge Bryce and Jim, the regular film rage dude, get to choose to rage or dare or Casey. Something tells me B Baby Boy Bryce will choose our listeners' dare bag of meh, as he's, he has had a rough time of it lately. Well deserved, mind you, but if Bryce gets his way, there's no way he is going to Casey this week. Right, Bryce? Okay, so as they say in baseball, Tie your goats up tight. No, that's not it. Ah, three strikes and you're out. Yes, yes, yes. So let's find out if Bryce gets broken again this year after being picked on by fate. <laughs> okay. Um, no secret, I was dreading seeing this. <laughs> Book club, the next chapter. I mean, come on. Book Club, the next chapter, starring Diane Keaton, Jane Fonda, Candace Bergen, and Mary Steenbergen. And those poor bastards, Don Johnson, Craig T. Nelson, and Andy Garcia, who have hit that... Andy Garcia! 
who have hit that age where this is the type of roles that are coming their way. It's, it's so very sad. But then the film started, and it was so much worse than I ever could have imagined. From the opening scene, watching them video chat during the height of the pandemic, which was only a few minutes but felt like the year or so that it represented, to the dumb plot twists and ridiculous situations that made no sense. I mean, there's no way these four ladies were going to end up in jail in Italy for feeling up some cop. Like, all four of them are going to go to jail because Jane Fonda feels the cop's chest. This is the stupidest thing I've ever... Like, it's just dumb. It's not funny. From there, we get attempt after attempt at humor that consistently fell flat and just outdated. Like, it's, it's maybe if we were in the 50s, maybe some of it would be funny. Although, them talking about sex all the time and not doing any was kind of, like, just... You know what? If you're going to talk about it, let's see some sex scenes. Let's see Candace Bergen riding some dude. I mean, come on. If you're going to go that route, let's go all the way. (laughs) But no, we didn't get any of that. We just get attempted, attempted humor that just was terrible. And none of it was funny. And it was like watching an episode of the Golden Girls, but without the chemistry between the actors. I mean, at least, you know, uh, B. B. Arthur and... Betty White. And Betty, Betty White, White and uh, d- d- why Estelle, can't Getty? Estelle Getty and boy, what's the last one? Uh, Rue McClanahan. Man, they had some chemistry. They were so funny. They were so good, but there was no chemistry between these guys. <sighs> this was just dreadful. <laughs> <laughs> this was a major rage. Oh, this is. I thought last week was the best. <laughs> was the best week of my life, but apparently this is. No, okay. Little buddy boy, you want to still still be? Uh, I don't ballless care. Bryce? No, you know what? You, you, you want, is it, it's you us, us, right? Yeah, we get to choose. Yeah, Ka- you choose. I don't Casey care. or Mur or the Dare Bag. Uh, you know what? No, screw you, Casey. I'm picking one of yours because I didn't. I didn't mind the last one. So put that in your pipe and smoke okay, it there, Mister. Okay. Well, we've got. Hmm, apparently, there's not much left. We might have to get Casey to probably be find a- some more evil remakes. Hmm. What do we got? All right, so next week, the Film Rage crew will be watching. What are we watching? Lay it on me. I can take it. Book Club One. I just, I no. just sat through Book Club the next chapter, so no. this will be this will okay, be nothing for me. Who's the most repulsive actor that we absolutely despise? You guys, and we've seen him, and we've seen him recently. No, no, we don't. Him? Yeah, we just saw him actually. In a Gerard movie Butler? this week? No, no, hmm. someone repulsive Murray. Oh, I thought he was repulsive. For no, you guys. no, Murray. Do you just remember like little snippets of thing and assume that we feel something? About That's right. Someone just because he can't make a movie, he can't good. make a good movie. But that he's not repulsive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's the most mad guy out there. Really. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Vin Diesel. <laughs> it's Vin Diesel. We're seeing Triple really? X. Oh man, <laughs> I thought seeing Triple X of. Off whatever the next level or whatever it was called was going to be bad, but at yeah, least it had we, ice we, we didn't have that on our own podcast. We had uh, that on another podcast. Yes. We All right. Triple okay. X. Well, we'll it'll re-emphasize uh, how much we really despise. That's Vin not Diesel. a sequel. Yeah, I know. He just knew that it was Vin Diesel. He's probably yeah, just throwing us curveball. He's he's just going to put every Vin Diesel movie in his back now. 
Uh, Why am I saying this? You we're, know just, what? we're just giving our listeners you bad do, ideas. If you do that, that is just lazy. That's all I have to say. <laughs> you, you'll lose your title of God of Rage yeah, and just, just be like lazy. Emperor of Rage. Just lazy. Oh, it's going to be fun. Ah, <laughs> oh, thanks, Ragers, for listening. Thanks to Extended Film Rage family, who you can find in our show notes. Thanks to Casey, the nerdy photographer, for the voice of Rager Dare, who is also still, to this day, God of Rage. Find us on social media everywhere at Film Rage YYC. Check out everything Film Rage at FilmRageYYC.com, including our merch site for Redbubble and Public. We are always wanting to make this a raging blast for all listeners, so please comment, like, and subscribe, and send us emails to FilmRageCalgary at gmail.com. Dare to see terrible movies to fuel our rage, but no matter what you do, please, 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 pretty please, 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 make us a rage. I'll just feathers awake. A rage. Oh. Rage on!